Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to the Independent Spouse Podcast. I'm Jess Sands, founder of the Independent Spouse and current military wife running my own business, Design Jessica, from our Marie Quarter. Each week, I'll be bringing you inspiring interviews that go behind the scenes of an amazing business, charity or project created by someone also living the military life. It's the stories of inspirational men and women who experience service life from the home front while building a successful business. Today, I have been talking to Grace, founder of The Rainbow Tree, blogger and children's author. Her cross-curricular book, Potty About Pots, Arts and Crafts for Home and School, is written for four to 12 year olds and meanders its way through the history of ceramics in a fun and simple way for children. Trained in the London art world, she worked for an international art consultant and Bonham's auction house. The day after she got married, she was posted to Scotland, where she found she could no longer find work in her area of expertise. After a year of looking, she began to stop following the art market or reading anything to do with the art world as it was just too painful and was doing nothing for her mental state. To add to this, her husband was deployed to Afghanistan for seven months, just a year into their marriage. They found out the day before he left that she was pregnant. Grace started work as a TA and she soon realised there was a fundamental lack of art being taught in primary schools. This inspired her to write her book, Potty About Pots, that was published in 2018 and the second book is already in the making. As a busy mum of tea, she now writes at nights, and she freelances for Super Simple, contributing content to their blog section. If she had to describe herself as a superhero, she'd be full-time mummy by day, creative mastermind by night. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Grace, and thank you for coming to talk to me today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, no, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I have been checking out the rainbow tree and all of your lovely content. It's such a wonderful idea. It's all about learning through creating. Your crafts are educational, they're creative, they're inspiring, and they're really easy to do. But for those who might not have heard of the rainbow tree, could you tell us a little bit about it? Thank you. That's um, really lovely of you to say. Yeah, so... um, the rainbow tree kind of started when I was um, after I just had my first uh, daughter and uh, we had just moved posting um, and my husband was incredibly busy, um, long, you know, early mornings, late, late nights. And um, I had a little toddler who was really in need of entertaining and I'm quite a creative person. So I had started to sort of bring that into our play and do sort of arts and crafts with her. And I started to share the pictures um, on my social media. And I soon found that, um, you know, mothers, my friends who had children were asking me but about them and, you know, wanted to know how I did them. Um, And so I decided to um, make a space where I could share what I was doing at home with my daughter for others to see. And and actually it was, um, I wasn't working at the time. It was a big creative outlet for me um and something that actually I needed for um you know to keep me going on on, during those long days uh so it's it's mainly for children toddlers up to I'd say maybe about 12 and it's just easy arts and crafts I do some history of art activities book reviews with book crafts sensory stuff um you know all sorts of stuff and um recently I've started to share a bit more about our personal life being in the military and the hard times and the good times and all that sort of encompasses because uh 
I think that there are a lot of um, assumptions and misunderstandings about what goes on in the military and the, the life that sort of goes with it. Yeah, I think it is. I think especially with like the civilian community that they have a different view to military spouses that we have and that maybe they think it's a little bit like soldier, soldier. So have you had some good feedback? Um, definitely. I was really sort of, I really didn't know whether to bring it into the the blog at all and I had discussed it with my husband who's obviously in the military and um, he sort of was quite you know encouraging and said you know we should do it Uh, so sort of gradually I started to write um, posts about you know what was going on and and things like that I think the first one I did was um, I noticed the little troopers uh, there was April she he had advertised on social media about um, April being the month of the military child and since having kids I've be- I've obviously seen the strains that military life can bring to them and I was really passionate about writing an article about you know my daughters and the fact that they do go through a lot of stuff but you know they don't need they don't require pity that doesn't mean that they are any you know less capable than any other children in civilian life but that, you know, we're proud of them and they're doing a good job and everything that they go through in this life will mean that they're stronger and have <clears throat> stuff to offer later on in life. Uh, so it, it was a highly emotive topic. You know, I wrote it, I got a bit emotional doing it and um, the, the feedback, I couldn't believe the numbers on my website They um, that people were interested in it. Um, whether they're being nosy, that's fine, but... Um, they, they were obviously interested in reading something slightly more personal. Uh, so that was really nerve wracking for me because I really didn't know whether anyone would be even vaguely interested in, you know, looking through a window into our life. But um, as it happened, they were. So um, I just sort of carried on, really. And it wasn't initially what you did when you started off? No. So, um, no, I was not really arts and crafty. I've always been very creative, but my background is in sort of um, art history. I did it um, at school for A-level and then um, knew sort of I wanted to carry on doing that. So studied at a university um, as a joint honours with theology. And then really it was in uni that I kind of knew from fairly on, fairly early on in the three years I was there that I wanted to start working in auction houses. I was just really interested, interested by it. And um, I did an internship in Sotheby's and that was kind of, that was it. Uh, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So um, after uni, uh, I did a master's in London um, at Sotheby's Institute. And that uh, master's really, they teach you about not just paintings, but really any anything that auction house sells. So furniture, ceramics, sculpture, sort of paintings. And they kind of groom you basically for jobs in the art world and, and auction houses. So I did that and loved it, you know, really passionate about it. And then went on to work briefly for an international art consultant. I wrote some lectures for them that they took out to Kazakhstan to... Um, to um, give to Kazakh, um, very rich Kazakh people, on knowing what to buy. And then I started working for Bonhams, the auction house. Again, loved that. It was brief. I was very, I was at the start of my career, loved it. But then 
we got married and as um the naive little girl that I was at the time <laughs> thought that I would be fine because you know my husband's just graduated he's now an officer he'll be posted in London and I'll be fine uh, but he wasn't and he was posted uh, we were posted to Scotland as it as it happens uh, so I didn't want to be a weekend wife and husband so I decided to quit my job and move with him and as it happens I just couldn't find anything in Scotland in my field so um it was uh, obviously the first year was very happy in our marriage, but it was a very tricky time for me for my own personal development because um, everything I had identified with myself, my personality, my work into going into auction houses really just started unraveling, and um, I didn't. It got to the point where I didn't really know who I was, and uh, I actually had to stop. I had to stop applying for art jobs. I had to stop reading about it for a while because, um, as I said, as I said, it just wasn't great for my mental state. Uh, so I got a job um, just in a local charity shop to keep myself busy. And then we found out that my husband was being deployed for seven months. So I thought, oh, great! Uh, really got to keep myself busy. So uh, we then found out that I was pregnant. A day before he left and um, I decided well I'm going to do a TA course a teaching assistant course to keep me busy at a, a local school and while I was there that's kind of where everything sort of happened um, where the spark reignited I realized that art in schools was really in kind of dire need the primary school that I was working at did an art lesson one hour every two weeks which I just thought was kind of shocking. <laughs> um, I'm not a teacher, I'm not, um, I can't claim to be a teacher but um, I kind of felt like there was, I knew that I wanted to write a book. I had known that since after my master's but hadn't really known at what point that would ever happen, if it would ever happen and I felt that um, during my time there that there was really a um, an opening in the market, I did a little bit of market research into writing books that were cross-curricular, not necessarily to be used in schools. It wasn't for teachers necessarily, but if you know they wanted to use them, they could. Um, and for parents uh, aimed at primary school kids. Which is Potty About Pots, which I have also been looking at and I love that too. But how on earth do you go about writing a book? So my background is in publishing and I was always in awe of the editors who used to just sit there and write a book um, and we would design it. And, you know, if anybody knows me or you've read any of my blogs, you will know that words are not really my thing. So how do you do it? How do you get started and um, decide that you're going to write a book? It's quite an overwhelming prospect, actually. And um, it took me a long time to sort of decide which, what sort of road I was going to go down in terms of what people might find interesting and one of my main things is that people often just use paintings to talk about with kids and having done a master's that sort of teaches about the arts in general I knew that there was so much more that we could be really showing our children um, about the art world and the fact that it can be taught in a cross-curricular fashion you know, you can teach geography, history, science, language, politics, religion, um, all through 
the art the art world so I did a little research and um, I sort of settled on ceramics which is totally random I <laughs> realize but it's kind of often an area that isn't uh, really shed any any light on and I thought you know it's a, a three-dimensional um, it's exciting and the history is really cool so Potty About Pots is a cross-curricular art history book that takes you through the history of ceramics in a fun and light-hearted way each chapter we go from ancient history um ancient egypt all the way up to contemporary and each chapter has a little bit of cross-curricular learning in it and then it ends with two arts and crafts that you can do and um, that are inspired by what you've learned and it's aimed at sort of primary school children of about four to you know 11 or 12 give or take and it is so important to learn about these things. I remember when I was little and I was at school and I loved art. It was the only thing I was good at. And I used to go to school and there'd be the kids that were good at the maths and the science and the English and all those sort of like normal subjects that you're meant to be able to do when you're at school. And for somebody like me, who was only ever good at art, um, it was it was confusing because there wasn't a clear, you know, route to know that when you grow up, that art could be something that you can do. It's it's difficult because I know I know schools um, you know have to jump through hoops and um, you know have to make statistics and things like that. But um, unfortunately, the arts in this day and age they're taking a real battering, and it's such a shame because you're right. There is a whole area of work life, professional life that they need. They need creatives, and to to block it out from such a young age is really detrimental to you know the next generation you know my husband was told at a level he wasn't good enough to do art now i believe that creativity is like a muscle the what i mean by that is the more you use it the stronger it gets so if we're teaching children from a young age that they're not good at, at, at creativity and art you know people the the biggest inventors were a lot of the time artists and you know creativity to stump that out at such a young age and not utilize it you know we can create inventors of the next generation by um, encouraging the arts within our learning and I've heard that it's your children that test all of your crafts out uh, yes absolutely so um, they um, they're great really they're my um, <laughs> They didn't, to be fair, they didn't actually do any of the arts and crafts in my book because um, at the time my daughter, the, my book took about four years to, <laughs> four years to write up to publication. So I did um, send out sort of sample chapters to um, friends with children of the sort of the right ages. But in terms of my blog, they are, yep, they're my inspiration and um, my freelance work as well. They, they're basically my guinea pigs and it's kind of fun to join my work with uh, my kids really. So they get the benefits of uh, what I do. And how do you find the time to do it all? I know that in my life, with my business, I'm busy in that. And, you know, military life gets in the way. The normal things like hoovering, buying food, all the housework, nothing happens. Um, so how are you finding the time to create all this amazing content and add on top of that family life and military life? Yeah, it's, um, it's a challenge, that's for sure. Um, definitely housework has gone lower down on my um, to-do list. Um, but, you know, if you're passionate about what you do, 
then really it's it's work but it makes things easier I'm passionate about um, what I believe in and what I've sort of created and what I'm building um, but time management is really key I'm not gonna lie time management is um, is the key to be able to do the things that you do especially I don't like um, full-time mum because I think that's you know that's saying that mums that work outside the house are not full-time but I'm a stay-at-home mum as well so um, my husband being in the military as you know it's um, not always things can be a bit volatile you know they can be called away they're um, at the drop of a hat and the hours can be late so I knew that I wanted um, to be the sort of constant in my kids life so I knew that I had to if I wanted to work especially now that they're young I needed to get creative so I'm not saying it's easy I work I the, the majority of the time that I work at night so as soon as they go to bed I um, I start my day starts again as it were uh, I work pretty much six nights out of seven and um, it's got to the point where I've actually started putting my youngest in nursery for a couple of mornings um, a week just so that it relieves the pressure slightly from the evenings. But it does mean that, you know, childcare costs are not a big deal. If I was working in the art world, for example, um, pretty much all my cost, all my uh, um, salary would be going into childcare, at which point you know, I kind of feel like, what's the point? So this way I can see my kids during the day and I'm helping out financially at home, which is um, really rewarding for me, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, thinking about that and going back to your time in Scotland, it sounds very similar to my very first posting where I'd had this amazing career and then we had got posted and we'd moved and I'd moved away from my job and my family and my friends And I sort of spent two or three years a bit lost and not really knowing what my role was. And I tried my best to be a housewife because that's what I thought military wives meant to do. Um, And it turns out I'm really bad at that. And I even went off to look for design jobs. um, And I applied for a few design jobs. And I was told by quite a few people, including a very famous publisher, that um, I wouldn't get the job because the person that was interviewing me's dad was in the Navy. And so she knew that military wives didn't hang around for more than two years and therefore I wasn't going to get the job. And it really made me lose my confidence and I really lost my way. Um, And it's only recently that actually it started to come back. Now that I'm building my business and doing the things in my business that kind of inspire me and get me, you know, active and doing things that actually have rebuilt that confidence. Um, But I did. I spent a couple of years really feeling sorry for myself and not knowing what I was doing. And that is what has inspired me to do this podcast series because nobody should feel that way. And, um, you know, if you want to go out and do something, do it. And it doesn't matter if it's rubbish and it doesn't matter if you're really good at it. Um, As long as you want to do it and you're passionate about it, then, you know, definitely do it. Yes, definitely. Oh, I so agree with you. I mean, that first post posting was so, so difficult. And yeah, I, I mean, definitely the, the companies not hiring you because you're in the military is I know I think legally they're not allowed to do that but honestly there were so many wives in Scotland in that posting who couldn't get work and I do believe that was the reason um and it it just seems so unfair we give up so much to you know do this life 
And I'm not saying that I want any pity for it. I don't. I, I, you know, thoroughly enjoy being married to my husband and I'm super proud of what he does. But um, I think people have to understand that um, the spouses that follow around, we, we, you know, we've sacrificed quite a lot. And um, I definitely lost my way. Um, I definitely, um, I, I was the same. I tried to be a housewife. Um, I thought that was, you know, what I could do. I clean the house and I, um, I really hated it. And my esteem just plummeted, really plummeted. I, I really got anxious about going to social occasions. Um, you know, the, the chit chat I used to fear, like sheer fear of being asked that question, what do you do? And it was really not until I had my uh, my daughter two years later that um, I started to slowly pull myself off the ground and gather, you know, my bits of identity back and and try and form a career for myself that I could take anywhere. Um, because really, I I knew that art, the arts, were my passion. I I kind of do feel that that's the area I'm meant to work in, and equally, I think that everything happens for a reason. So, I feel um, personally that I went through all of that to, even if it's just to help one person, one spouse in the military, to say, you know, I've been there, and um, look, we can create something for ourselves. We can. Um, what do you do? Can you utilize that and take that from every posting you go to? Because, you know, you're, you're worth it. You, you are clever and you have a lot to give, not just being a spouse. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's going to make such a difference to not only the spouse, but also the serving personnel. Um, I know that in our life, if I'm happy, then my husband's generally happy too. And that means that he can do his job. Um, And I think that retainment, it's going to be a really important point for retainment. If you look after the entire family, then I think the MOD probably will have less problems with their retainment. And so that those of us that, you know, choose to move every couple of years feel a little bit more supported and those that, you know, they stay at home and they stay in one location and their partner travels at weekends, you know, that little bit of extra support would just mean that one day we don't turn around and say to our partners that you've got to pick, it's me or your job. Um, Because I know that that would make neither of us happy because if my husband's not doing his job, he will not be happy because he lives for it. Um... And I would never want him to make that choice. So a little bit of support would be great. I mean, I don't know what that support would be. But I think that if you've got a real passion for something that you want to do, I think it can make a real difference to your mental health and how you feel. Absolutely. And I think it's really, it's dangerous because um, especially when you're in that sort of mental state, it's, it's very easy to start becoming bitter uh, especially to your spouse. I mean, you married them for a reason, right? Like you wouldn't have married, you wouldn't have married them if you didn't love them. And, um, you know, the worst thing a civilian person can say is, oh, but you knew what you were getting into. Honestly, the amount of wives, um, spouses that have this, (laughs) have this, um, that is the worst thing to say to them because, you know, that's like saying, oh, you're, you're a, a marathon runner, but, you know, you knew that your hips would probably give out eventually. Like, <laughs> it's so unhelpful. Um, and um, it is important that uh, the spouses, you know, if if you're a mum and, and you, that's just what you want to do, that's fine if, if you're happy with it. But if if you're finding 
no satisfaction, or not, no, no, no satisfaction, I don't mean that. But what I mean is you're, you're yearning for something else. You feel like you have something else to give. Then it's really important to make something of that because otherwise we, um, you know, it's going to become a big elephant in the room with your spouse because, you know, they, they're doing what they love. Um, and as spouses, we need to find a balance um, and a happy medium to take with us if, you know, if we're lucky enough to be able to create your own business but it's not all bad um running a business there are peaks and there are troughs what do you think are your biggest successes to date um so that's tricky uh, obviously the publication of my book was a massive dream re- realized um after i finished my ma thesis you know seeing uh that um the amount that you've written it's like a book um I, that was when i knew uh, i did really want to become a published author at some point in my career uh whether that was a pipe dream at that point that was you know i was soon going to find out but yeah definitely getting that hard copy that first hard copy of my book in my hand was amazing but um also other than that through my book and my blog it was the opportunities that kind of arose from there that i had no idea um, was going to happen and I could never have imagined uh, would happen so from from off the back of those I got approached by a company in Canada and um, I now work freelance from them creating uh, content for their blog, blog section it's um, pretty much exactly up my street it's uh, aimed at children and I do arts and crafts for them I literally anything from making a recipe in the kitchen that the kids can eat to creating a sensory box I mean it really anything I, I, do, I do a lot of stuff for them and um, that's been I've I've been really rewarded by that I feel really happy that I've been given that opportunity to do because I get to contribute financially and my kids can get involved as well. And where do you think you'll be heading what are the plans for the next five years? <clears throat> Good question um I would love for my books to take off uh, my books, <laughs> my book. Um, I'd love to have uh, my next book. I have, I have started writing my next book. I would love for that to be published and maybe another one in the pipeline. And if, if, you know, things pan out, I'd maybe start to like to start getting into schools and doing workshops. And um, uh, as I said, I'm not an art teacher, but I feel like I have stuff to give. I have stuff to teach and yeah, hopefully, hopefully that. Uh, And also maybe if my blog could become self-sufficient, you know, start paying for itself, that would be fab too. Yes, no, I hope you do get into schools so that all those little girls like me um, who like to draw and like art know that they can do stuff in the um, art world and the art industry. So we're coming towards the end now and I like to do some quick fire questions with my guests. And the first one is always, who would you most like to see on the Independent Spouse podcast? Oh, that's so tricky. Um, a couple of a couple of people. Um, I'd love to hear from some politicians what they can do to help the spousal cause. I feel like, yeah, I feel like some interesting discussions could be had. Um, so definitely someone someone in in the um, politics world Um, and also I would love to hear from in our last posting one of um, my neighbors created a jewelry business and I've been following her and she's just gone from strength to strength and um, I love I love watching her journey she's um, her website's called Olivia and Pearl 
And um, especially in the last couple of months, it's been gaining momentum. And I think people, I think people would find her very interesting. Oh, I would definitely go and um, check her out. Um, so the next one, which, well, it's just because my husband is nosy and he likes to get ideas, um, is what is the best present that your husband has ever bought you back from deployment? Uh, it's made me chuckle so much. Um, so I was thinking back and um, we've had some truly awful truly awful presents um we've had some rugs that have come from the middle east which i don't if they're supposed they're supposed to be rugs but really if you breathe in their direction you know half of the fluff falls off so they got they got le- uh, lost in translation in our last move and i'd definitely say since we've had kids he's he brings back magnets from everywhere he goes so that's kind of fun so nothing really for me um that has <laughs> stayed the test of time but um yeah magnets from wherever he's been which this year has been uh, a lot of places so our fridge has slowly uh, slowly become busy uh, but yeah I'd say fridge magnets yeah we have that too I think it's um just because they're at airports <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> exactly uh, I think it's just laziness um <laughs> so the next one is what is the most courageous thing that you have done since starting out I would definitely say just putting putting myself out there when you really want something to happen and you put so much blood, sweat and tears into it. It can be really scary to hear people's responses and um, see how it's going to be, you know, taken. So definitely just just putting myself out there. But it's worth it. It definitely is. It is hard work, but um, really worth it. So if you could go back in time to when you first started what would be the one thing you would tell yourself? Patience, patience. Um, slowly, slowly catchy monkey. <laughs> one step at a time. If you have an idea and you think it can work, and, and don't get me wrong, I had lots of ideas when we first got married about things that I could make into businesses and most of them collapsed in a big heap. But if, you, if an idea sticks and you think it can work, maybe don't think about the big picture one step at a time and it will slowly get there and it's amazing how much you can do by just doing a little bit every day it will soon build up yeah and just keep going and um you know build your foundations and ask for help because there's so many of us that have done this before um and we know the most painful way of doing it and the slightly easier way of doing it so um just ask us we like to help So the last one of the quick fire questions is, if you could give one piece of advice to an inspiring military spouse business owner, what would it be? We read a lot in our house and um, since having kids, we've been rediscovering some classics. And um, about a year ago, I came across a quote from Winnie the Pooh, which I know that you love. But I think that for anyone, it's great. And it's, you are braver than you believe stronger than you seem and smarter than you think and um sorry I don't mean to get emotional but it's (laughs) I really promised myself I wouldn't but it's so true um it's so easy to have um feel like you have imposter syndrome I know I suffer from it and you think that what has my voice got to give in terms of um I felt like who would read my book you know, who gives me the right to write a book? But you really have to ignore that voice and take a step of faith, get out of the boat that you're standing in and um, 
trust your worth because you are worth it and your dreams can come true if you put in the work oh that's got me oh um yes that is one of my favorite quotes we had that at our wedding because um yeah it was just after our first posting and I had felt a little bit lost and then I had Winnie the Pooh telling me that everything was going to be okay and it really is something it's like a metaphor to live by um and yes everybody has a valid voice and it is important that you believe in yourself um oh grace it's been so lovely to talk to you um if i'm interested in following your story or getting in touch about your crafts and getting involved with those how can i find you um so you can find me on my website the hyphen rainbow hyphen tree.com um or on instagram so it's at the dot rainbow dot tree dot blog um, or you can email me, which you can find on my website as well. And can we still buy your book? You can absolutely buy it. It's um, available on Amazon, Waterstones, WH Smith, Barnes & Noble, if you're in America. Um, yeah, lots of places you can purchase. Oh, Grace, it's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's been a pleasure. I'm sorry if I've rambled. No, it's been brilliant. It has been informative. It has been inspiring. Um, and I really think your story resonates with a lot of people. So thank you so much for sharing it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you've enjoyed it and it has inspired you. Please subscribe so that you can have access to each episode as soon as it's released. And if you like what you hear, I would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found me. It really helps spread the word so that more lovely people like you can listen to the episodes. Thank you so much for listening along. Um, I'll be back soon with another inspiring episode. See you then.